0: thank you for your press well in the first service we are going through this book of joshua and you know the joshua is is a historical narrative like the book of judges or kings or chronicles it <clears throat> talks about a very significant period in israel's history today i would like to do another historical narrative and it's i'm going to recap our capping or uh, a capping Recap for those of you who do not know, cap C A P stands for community adoption and pastoring. And these days we use the word <coughs> these days we use the word capping like a verb that comes out of a dictionary. Like you would say skyping or tweeting, same thing. Uh, so we use the word capping and it's become a part of the PPH lingo. Um, but how did we start? And I want to share with you, and I believe that you will be encouraged as we now reflect on the hand of God in, in, in PPH uh, more than 20 years ago. Uh, uh, I think with 20 years, we've got a little bit more hindsight. And sometimes while you're going through it, you, 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 it's difficult for us to see the hand of God. But looking back, then you are able to trace the miraculous hand of God. And so I started searching on my hard disk for for information. Uh, Our files are not in very good order. And in my hard disk, the earliest document I came across that has got some relation to this uh, is this. You might not be able to see it. The important thing is the date, 23rd of August, 1993, 21 years ago. Uh, I believe I wrote this note for the daikonet in those days. Together with Bukit Panjang Gospel Chapel, we were going to embark on Project West Side. And we searched the land and we were going to do it in Taman Jurong, quite far away. Uh, Taman Jurong. And uh, basically, we're just going to do a community services centre in Taman Jurong. We wanted to start with before- and after-school care, a latchkey service. But soon after the 23rd of August, I went to the US uh, for a management course of three months, and this project died in the womb. So nothing came came out of it. But in the US, I met one of my fellow students, who later on turned out to be the CEO of uh, HDB. Uh, More about that later. Um, what I want to share with you comes out of what we call a Cap Vision Night on the night of 30th October 2002. That's like, what, 14, 14 years ago. What happened then? Uh, I'm going to use exactly the same slides that I used uh, on that night. So I related the same thing that I did now. In 1993, there was a Project website that never took off. But at the same time, I met the future... Uh, CEO of HDB in uh, in the USA. And then at the end of 1999, uh, after my work assignment in Hong Kong for almost four years, I came back here and um, I found that PPH had initiated what was called Project Love. Um, we just called up MCDS, Ministry of Community Development and Sports in those days, which later on became MCYS, which later on became MCCY, Okay, so we just call them up and say, hey, we are here to help from the church. Uh, Any poor people that you can recommend to us? And and they gave us some. And that was the first time uh, in in my own experience and in a lot of people in in, in PPH where we enter into one-room flats. It's seriously one-room flat. Okay, it's one room and a toilet. uh, Where my case was a widow who lost a husband, who lost a mother within six months, who lost two of her legs, due to diabetes, and who had two teenage children to look after. Uh, And then we had many of these cases. We started helping. Uh, And then since then, we've been talking about doing some kind of a community service. Some kind. We just didn't know how. So we visited different churches around the year 2000. Uh, We talked about incorporating a legal entity to do this kind of work, but it was all talk at that time. And I remember quite clearly... (coughs) as I was sharing with a whole group of uh, CG leaders about the thinking behind the leadership, one of the most respected CG leaders, one of the CG leaders I most respect, came up to me and said, Kofai, we're just not ready for this. And I got so disappointed. I, said, I, I thought you would be surely on board, but uh, this person told me, we're not ready for, for this kind of thing. A year later, in 2001, I know it was Bill Fu who... Uh, said that because I think there was an economic downturn at the time, Say, let's start a help fund. And so we did. In three weeks, we raised $77,000. So together with Project Love, we at that time had 50 cases that we were helping. February 2002, the elders decided to, to look further into this and to see what areas are in our vicinity, vicinity that we ought to be helping. And so we did an elders prayer drive. It was very comfortable because we were all in our air-conditioned cars. At that time, we also mooted 2120. If you remember, we, two years ago, we had 3130, which was our 30th anniversary. At that time, we were celebrating our 20th anniversary here and our 120th since the start of this church. And we, we knew that we didn't want to do a gala dinner in Shangri-La Hotel. We wanted to serve the community as part of our anniversary celebration. And... Uh, a month later, two thousand and two March, uh, about ten of us from PPH went for uh, a CP, a community penetration seminar, in Living Sanctuary, and we were all very inspired by the work that was done by the church in the Hougang area. At the same time, a new church member came on board, and he would later become the CEO of SATA, um, Singapore Anti Tuberculosis Association, and more about that later. Then in July 2002, we thought econ driving, prayer drive, not good enough. We need to sweat a bit. So we got a whole daikonet out for a prayer walk. Uh, actually, it was around, I, I believe, the Teban Gardens estate. And the month of August, we entered as a daikonet into a season of prayer, seeking the Lord. Is this the area? Is this the area for us? And then 25th August, 2002, we got all the CG leaders together to do a prayer walk. Uh, You'll see some of the faces there. And there's something that I need to point out here, and that is uh, CG leaders who do prayer walk, among the ladies, they don't age. Uh, Among the men, they just lose a a bit of hair over 10 years, you know. Um, And then on the 5th of September, we had a daikonet meeting, and we gave the official go-ahead that, yes, We believe after all this process that Teban Gardens is the place uh, for us and we will go there. Then something very strange happened on the 25th of uh, September. Uh, One of our help fund cases, we haven't even started uh, CSC yet. I call her the Pandan Garden Lady. Pandan Gardens is next to Teban Gardens. Her flat sort of overlooks the Ai Raja Community Centre. Her husband just went missing, did business in Vietnam and disappeared for about I think, three or four years at that time. The HDB wanted to take her flat back because she's not paying. But the husband had money in his CPF. Uh, that cannot be touched. So I wrote a letter to my friend, who is the CEO of HDB. And I wrote a letter to Tan Chengbok, the MP, asking the both of them for help, and they managed to sort it out very quickly. And then in October... Uh, I met with the CEO of St Luke's Hospital to talk about home nursing, uh, parish community nursing. What can we do? And uh, and then came this meeting on the fourth of October with the MP Tan Cheng Bok at that time, who uh, later wanted to be president. And uh, this was the most amazing meeting. I still remember it was at Ayer Community Centre. Uh, it was directly line of sight to that Pandan lady, and when he came in. Uh, of course, we all stood up, uh, out of respect. And then before my butt could hit the seat, sitting down, he said, you churches, huh? when I organize my community activities, the mosques will come and help me and participate. The temples will come and support. But you churches are nowhere to be seen. You're always hiding in your churches. <laughs> well, so I was really caught by surprise. But thank God, thank God that, uh, that I have a pandan lady story to tell. I said, Mr Tan, you remember I wrote to you about this pandan lady and you were able to help. And thank God that we have Project Love and help fund stories to tell. 50 cases. And I said, yeah, we are involved in all these things. Now we want to expand it further. We want to avoid that in Teban Gardens. We want your support for this. And then he sort of softened his attitude. In fact, a couple of days later, he invited me to tour his community centre one-on-one. He showed me everything, including the large fish that he was very proud of, that was imported from Brazil or something like that. So that was uh, uh, quite a day. And then, when we had the MP support, we say we will uh, register PPH Community Services Centre with the <coughs> registrar of uh, societies. And we knew that at that time, we had already planned for our first capping on the 2nd of November. But we were kind of in dire straits because we don't have a society registered. We had all our flyers already printed out for PPH Community Services Centre. And we said, we can't go out unless we get it properly registered. And I do remember at that time, the leadership, we say we are not going to call Tan Bok. We are not going to call the registrar of societies. Although many of us have friends in high places, we're just going to pray. We're just going to pray. And three days before our capping, the approval came. On the 29th of uh, October, Yes, your society is properly registered and we thank God. I think God knew. God knew that our faith was not so strong. If our faith was stronger, He would give us the approval on that day itself. <laughs> I think so. And so, this is our logo or this was our logo, the one on the left. In those days, we just say, I, I just used the church logo and, and be done with it. Not going to waste time on these things. But later on, we decided, I think uh, two years ago, we said, yeah, we better not use the church logo for the same thing and confuse people. So we have this new logo, PPH Community Services, uh, approved on the 29th of October, 2002. Record time, okay? 21 days to get a society approved. Um, But I think God knew what was going on and 10 years ago, God was preparing us to handle such an unusual case as the Pandan lady whose husband disappeared God was preparing us and got us to know the CEO of HDB, and one quick email to him and the problem got solved. Um, God knew that we need some support to get a void deck. It's not so easy to get a void deck. Uh, The CEO of HDB immediately linked us to one of his staff and we were connected. God knew that uh, we need some credibility to ask the MP uh, for a void deck and to start this kind of thing. So three years before (laughs) 2002, he already... Uh, led our leadership to start up Project Love and help fund and, and all these things and, and Pandan Lady and all that. And God knew all this. And then we came to this Cap Vision night where we briefed the church uh, what we were going to do. Um, and then three days after the Cap Vision night, we had our first capping. This was a picture uh, taken then, 2nd of November 2002. And I just love to see PPH in uniform. And by the way, please get a PPH church t-shirt so that we can wear it at the church camp and so that we can wear it for uh, other purposes. Uh, so on that day, uh, uh, I took some pictures of younger families in those days uh, going out capping. Some of you are here. Yeah, so cute, right? Um, and our first activity was on the 16th of November 2002 and it was a health screening. Health screening that we were doing in collaboration with Sata, who CEO is our church member in those days. And uh, all I can say when looking through all these older pictures is that the men used to have more hair. But I will never forget one guy. He's Raphael, son of Bill Fu. I don't think I ever heard him speaking Mandarin very much, but he was there helping in the health screening and one of these ladies got a results for blood sugar and blood pressure, and then he took a look at it. and I overheard. He said, "This is no He spoken like some some doctor that there is no danger to life and limb uh, from your test results, and that was so fun. So since then, since then, if even if I should say so myself, I think we have moved on. We have moved on from strength to strength. Um, and also in those days, uh, 2002, around there, we knew that when we do this community work, if we, are a, we are, if we are to shepherd them in the church, we need to have a Mandarin service because not, not many of them will join our English service. And so at that time, we heard that a fellow Brethren Church, Bethesda, Frankel Estate, had uh, many Chinese pastors. And so we called them up. I remember, I think it was Benny and myself, we went there. They invited us to lunch. They serve us a box lunch. And then we simply said that, we want to start a Chinese service. We need a pastor. Can you give us one? And they did. And after they did, then we start scratching our head. Maybe this is a lousy one they gave us. But the lousy one that they gave us was Pastor Tang Quang. And he turned out to be very good. Stayed with us uh, many years and pioneered the work of our Chinese uh, ministry. Uh, God also sent other pioneering people to come and help us. One of whom you must know is uh, our sister Alice, Alice Lee, the nurse. And I never forget Alice in those days when we didn't have a void deck, we didn't have a CSE centre and she was just out there walking the streets with her BP set and a blood sugar set and she came back after a few weeks like charcoal. She was dark uh, because she was out in the sun uh, all the time. Those were great days. This Monday, this uh, last Monday, I had a CSC staff meeting. So, all the staff sat together with our, our chairman, Ji Ying, who's the chairman of CSC, and we sort of review what's going on these days. So, what is going on, I want to share with you that it is more than the four times a year that we go out capping, uh, knocking on doors. So, we reviewed uh, one of our ladies. Um, will visit this particular Indian couple in her block uh, outside the four times of capping. They've gotten to know each other very well. She gets invited for dinners and she is first to know what happens with this poor Indian uh, man and woman. So much so that when they get sick, she's the first to know and then she will report to our CSE staff and say, "Uh, Madam so-and-so is sick. Can you keep an eye on her? It's not the other way around. Usually, it's our staff who knows first. But in this instance... Uh, She visits over and above the capping sessions. Then we have uh, another cell group, Uh, this guy and this lady. As they were doing capping, they noticed the poor diet of this particular family. And so while we do capping and while like the last time we carry cooking oil, this guy and lady will bring cooking oil and frozen chicken. They always bring frozen chicken. Okay, so as to give them more Uh, protein and that's what they do and then we have uh, another member of our church who knows the resident so well that uh, this old lady when she goes for her routine medical checkups he will drive her to the hospital and sometimes arrange so that Mary Chang will meet at the hospital and then he can drive back to work and Mary can accompany this lady for her medical checkups we also have another member from our Chinese assembly. And, and I, when I think of this story, I think of the Good Samaritan, where the Good Samaritan nursed the wounds of the guy who got bitten up by, by, by robbers. And this guy nursed the wounds of a diabetic man. Uh, and he applies medication on his wounds, and he applies medication, and he massages uh, th- this man. Uh, and, and that's a, a really wonderful testimony. We also have a lady in our midst who visits uh, a young widow every week. Every week. Because she's really young. She's got two young ones to look after. One is still a baby and needs a lot of help. When we do our cool club outings, nowadays we always invite the Teban Gardens children. It's become part of family. In fact, today, today while we are speaking, they are right there in Universal Studios now. We managed to get... Uh, some cheap tickets, $10 to Universal Studios for today. And so we identified 16 disadvantaged uh, children and they are so excited. I'm glad the weather is okay today. So excited to go. And then we said we needed some younger people to run with these kids. And we think we, we want to have 8 youth to look after 16 kids. So one youth will chaperone two kids. Uh, so make sure they don't get lost, don't get injured or whatever. And then we were thinking that we'll we'll approach Lao Jen, but maybe not, response may not be so great, but we were overwhelmed by the response. So today, from 7am to 2pm, eight of our youth are looking after 16 Teban Gardens children. And let's better pray that we don't lose any sheep, or don't injure, have any sheep injured. And and I thought it was uh, just great that it's like oversubscribed, you know. Um, Many of our people are helping with with tuition and we've developed such a relationship with the kids and people have become quite attached to the children. And and it's just wonderful. I mean, they are disadvantaged, they can be very naughty and very rowdy, but you see the progress that they make uh, as you spend some effort to teach them. It's just very rewarding. Yesterday, I received uh, a phone call from Ross and she said, one of the ladies that we know very well um, is missing from the Tebang Gardens, Pandang Gardens area. And she got to know it because there was a suicide note left behind. So it's like, wow, I got all the elders to pray and we were praying while Roslyn went searching. Eventually, we found her. And I tell you, this is so sad because her husband died only a few months ago and she had all kinds of problems. And she was at the husband's niche. Uh, I think uh, what, Lim Chu cemetery or, or, or somewhere, and she was just at the niche, wanting to take a life. She was so sad. Uh, but we managed to find her. I mean, she did not take her life, and I think we can continue to, to minister to her. But don't think that your four times a year capping is like, ah, just one of the things to do, because it all comes together. It all builds the credibility of our tender, loving care to the residents of Teban Gardens and Pandang Gardens. Because without that, then all these stories that tell uh, may not even uh, happen. So I can say that we minister from cradle to grave in the community because we've seen births, we have welcomed children, uh, and I've conducted funerals, a few of them. Uh, I remember uh, Mr. Chan that I did the funeral for, we led him to Christ. Um, And one of his dying wishes was to be was to lie in a casket wearing a jacket and tie. Obviously, he didn't have one. So I took one of my jacket and my tie and I gave it to him. I hope to see my jacket and tie in heaven. And it's just to fulfill a dying man's uh, wish. But one thing I have to say is we haven't done a wedding yet. We haven't had a a Teban Gardens wedding yet. We attend some of the Malay weddings. But I would really love to do a Teban Gardens uh, wedding uh, here in this church or even in the community Itself. We have literally saved lives, physical and spiritual. Many have come to the Lord, we have baptized many, but we've even saved physical lives. Like years back, I remember there was this man in hypoglycemic shock. He was diabetic, he lacked sugar, he was already in a coma, and, and me and Alice, we were running around looking for sugar. Look over his, his kitchen, no sugar. And then went to his neighbor's house, also no sugar. And somehow we managed to find some honey or something and we applied it into his mouth and and sort of rescued him. And of course, we have sent many to heaven. They have died, right? We have uh, conducted their funerals, and we are sending many more on the way there. What has this got to do with Joshua, which we are covering in the first service? Because I see at least three similarities between our PPH story and the story of Joshua. I see us crossing boundaries, I see us united in purpose, and I see fear turned around. Joshua had to cross the River Jordan to a land that was promised by God. We cross spiritual boundaries. We take the gospel of love into a place where there is darkness and there might not be love. We send workers into the field. We cross boundaries to get the worker into the the harvest field. We have to cross our own middle-class prejudices or or biases. We have to cross the barrier of speaking in Mandarin or dialects. We have to cross that, that boundary that sometimes tell us that when we give something, then we must get something in return. We have to cross that boundary of just blessing and sowing with no strings attached, without even giving out the false spiritual laws or, or having to say that Jesus loves you. We have to cross those kind of boundaries. Secondly, the children of Israel were united in purpose behind Joshua as they entered the promised land. Similarly, we were united in purpose as we go out community adopting and pastoring. You know, they say there is this saying that says uh, uh, you can have unity doesn't mean uniformity. I think that only applies up to a point because that uniformity is important right? for us to wear that t-shirt Uh, a PPH CSE t-shirt or even in the church camp where we wear the PPH uh, church camp t-shirt, we take a photo together, we move out, we do things together. That is important. In the story of Joshua, there is this interesting story of that two and a half tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh. It's recounted for us in Numbers 32. And these are the two and a half tribes that did not cross over to the western side of the Jordan River into the Promised Land. When they were on the eastern side, they looked at the land and said, this is quite nice. This is comfortable. I want to settle there. Let me read you what it says here. Numbers chapter 32 from verse 5. If we have found favour in your eyes, these two and a half tribes were talking to Moses, if we have found favour in your eyes, let this land be given to your servants as our possession. Do not make us cross the Jordan. Moses said to the Gadites and Reubenites, Shall your countrymen go to war while you sit here? Why do you discourage the Israelites from going over into the land the Lord has given them? So quite strong words from Moses. And then I guess they discuss and they worked it out, okay? They worked it out, some kind of a compromise. And we continue from verse 16 of chapter 32 in Numbers. Then they came up to him and said, they came up to Moses. Say, we would like to build pens here for our livestock and, and cities for our women and children. But we are ready to arm ourselves and go ahead of the Israelites until we have brought them to their place. Meanwhile, our women and children will live in fortified cities for protection from the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until every Israelite has received his inheritance. We will not receive any inheritance with them on the other side of the Jordan because our inheritance has come to us on the east side of the Jordan. Then Moses said to them, if you will do this, if you will arm yourselves before the Lord for battle, and if all of you will go armed over the Jordan before the Lord until He has driven His enemies out before Him then, when the land is subdued before the Lord, you may return and be free from your obligation to the Lord and to Israel. And this land will be your possession before the Lord. But if you fail to do this, you will be sinning against the Lord, and you may be sure that your sin will find you out. That was what happened. Some kind of a compromise will come with you, will attack, and then will come back and settle on the eastern side. And so at the risk of offending some of you, I guess some of us, we too have our moments when we say, yeah, this capping thing is meaningless. Uh, 12 years we do the same old thing, and then we knock on doors and and we we, we don't get to do uh, very much. And some of us may may be thinking like that. Or some of us may say, yeah, wear this CSC t shirt. What for? You know, I don't wear uniform, man. I'm an individual, a child of God. Why do I have to wear this uniform and church camp t shirt? Forget it. Why do I need to have a church camp t shirt and all that? Uh, just as, as an aside, you know, uh, every year I go to a pastors' press summit, and for several years, Bethesda Bedok tampanis Church uh, runs the pastors' press summit, and I thought it was just wonderful. Like, like on the Monday of the pastors' press summit, all the servers, the ushers, and all that, they'll be in the red BBTC t-shirt. Then the next day, all of them will be in a green BBTC t-shirt. You just see that solidarity, that uniformity. And, and when they serve together, it's just a wonderful sight to behold. And uh, one of these days, okay? One of these days. And, and then um, I heard also in, in, in the many years that I've been here, some people say, I don't really want to join a CG here because our CG got to go capping. And then some will say, let me start a CG. Let me start a non-capping CG. Right? We're just non-capping. And these are the CGs I will call BS CGs. Bible study CGs. What were you thinking? Bible study CGs. But thank God it was only a small handful and it's all in the distant past. I think every CG now uh, buys into the vision of uh, capping together with us. But come back to the story of these two and a half tribes. It continues in Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 from verse 10. Let me read that. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now you will cross the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. But the Gaddites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, remember the command that Moses the servant of God gave you. The Lord your God is giving you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives Your children and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest as He has done for you and until they too have taken possession of the land that the Lord your God is giving them. After that, you may go back and occupy your own land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. Wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will fully obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. And so they did that They went, they came back, settled in the land. So all's fine, this compromise worked. But then there was a strange episode in Joshua's narrative where the tribes of Israel almost came to a civil war. See, the two and a half tribes built a huge altar before they returned back to the eastern side, or is it the western side? Eastern side, before they returned from the west to the eastern side, they built this huge altar. And, okay, let me read that. And, and, and then the other nine and a half tribes were thinking, what is this big altar? Already you are worshipping idols and you're trying to separate from us? We, 12 tribes, are together. So there was this big quarrel. And Joshua chapter 22, from verse 24 reads, and these two and a half tribes were answered, no, we did it for fear. That someday, your descendants might say to ours, What do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you. You, Reubenites and Gedites. You have no share in the Lord. And so, your descendants might cause ours to, to, to stop fearing the Lord. This is why we said, Let us get ready and build an altar, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. On the contrary, It is to be a witness between us and you and the generations that follow that we will worship the Lord at His sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and fellowship offerings. Then, in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. And we said, if they ever say this to us or to our descendants, we will answer. Look at the replica of the lost altar which our fathers built, not for burnt offerings, or sacrifices, but as a witness between us and you. An altar that is not for sacrifice or for offerings, an altar that is not for worship, what for? An altar that comes out of the fear of being disowned. That was what the altar, how the altar came to be. And it would not have been necessary. This altar would not have been necessary if these two and a half tribes just continue with the other nine and a half and conquered the land on the western side. But there was a compromise. There was a compromise. They went across, they conquered, then they settled in their land. But before they settled, they were already afraid of being disowned by the other tribes. And these two and a half tribes did not come to a good ending. They were the first to be exiled to Assyria. You read that in 1 Chronicles 5, verse 25. But they were unfaithful to the God of their fathers and prostituted themselves to the gods of the peoples of the land whom God had destroyed before them. So, the God of Israel stirred up the spirit of Paul, king of Assyria, that is, Tiglath-Peliza, king of Assyria, who took the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh into exile. The first to go into exile. And I think if you read a little bit more, into the scriptures, you will find that it got so bad that the Gadites, Gadaria, the, the area there, they were rearing pigs by the time of Jesus. You remember the story that of Jesus driving the demons into the herd of pigs and the herd of pigs ran over the embankment and fell into the lake and drowned? That's recorded for us in all three Gospels, uh, Synoptic Gospels, Matthew 8, Mark 5, Luke 8. After all these centuries, they degenerated so much that they were rearing pigs which were unclean uh, for the Jews at that time. So what am I saying? There were 12 tribes. They were united, but they were not really united. They were united for a temporary purpose of conquering the land. And then they split up as part of a compromise. And then they nearly got into civil war. And then the two and a half tribes started rearing pigs. It's kind of like I hear sometimes CG members will say, um, oh, you know, my, my CG members come and help us in, in capping, even though they are not very regular in, in CG meetings. Why is that? Because it's like, wow, quite xiong, ah. You know, I got to carry all this rice and, and cooking oil to, as gifts uh, as we do capping. And so they took pity on us and they come and help us in capping. But they are not very regular in regular uh, CG meetings. So I think it's good it's good that uh, we have this kind of, uh, but why not be totally united? Why only unite in a very temporary purpose of uh, the four cappings in a year? Why not be so united that we build our lives together, every Friday we come together, we worship the Lord, we we, we do Bible studies, and then four times in a year, we go out capping. Why not be totally united instead of a temporary uh, exercise? So, but our unity is not just the uniformity of coming every Friday for a cell group meeting or the uniformity of wearing a t shirt, uh, uh, same t shirt four times a year. It's, it's, a, it's much more than that. If you don't, now look at Matthew chapter 9, from verse 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then He said to His disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. What must you do before you harvest? You've got to get into the harvest field. What must you do in order to harvest, you've got to sow the seed. And this is like the capping principle, right? You've got to cross the boundary. You've got to get into the field. You've got to sow. Sow through act of kindness. Sow through developing a relationship. Sow through understanding people's needs and meeting them. And that's the same principles can be, can be applied outside of Teban Gardens. It can be applied next month, from June 17th to June 20th in Malacca in the hotel where PPH will be like the biggest uh, uh, residence uh, there, right? We can sew and we can sew and we can sew. It can be applied in your offices. The cubicle that is next to you, you've got to cross a boundary into the cubicle of this unlovable person in, in the office or in your schools. It can be that barrier that separates you from this unlovable relative uh, who talks too much or who keeps asking you how come you're still not married and, and, and those kind of stuff. Okay, So that crossing of boundary, that sowing of blessings, same principles. Last Sunday, I was at a hawker centre and my family, we sat there, we ordered dinner from this place. And this lady came up. She wasn't quite mentally right. We all noted. And she said, $1, give me $1. I buy soya bean. So I took out my wallet and I didn't have a $1. I gave her $2 and I said, I buy for you because the soya bean store was right behind me. She said, no need, I buy. So okay la. So I just gave her the $2. She took the $2 and she <laughs> went to where there was a TV, sat down and started watching TV. And um, I never crossed that barrier. I never crossed the bar. I should have got got my butt off the seat, and taken a few steps and actually buy her the soya bean drink and save myself $1. Okay? But I was so lazy, I just gave her $2, and, and who knows what she will do with the $2. Um, so that boundary wasn't crossed because I was too comfortable where I was. I was too comfortable, $2 only, like, you just do what you want with it, you know? my conscience is clear and all that. But I should have crossed that boundary and, and like, held her hand and buy the drink, put it into her hand crossing a boundary. The second thing was, I was just thinking, what if my sons, my wife, and my daughter-in-law-to-be last Sunday were to quarrel with me about the spending of these $2? What if in the middle of that dinner and other people watching, you stupid lah, you know, give $2, dollars you go and buy cigarettes, sure, she'll buy beer or, or cigarette, and we start having a big quarrel and everybody watching us. What if that were to happen? And especially when the food came, we all, say grace, and we, they know, oh, Christian, Christian. There will be no unity within the family. But I was thinking, what if? What if there were like 10 tables in this hawker centre, and then this lady come around asking, one dollar, one dollar, and then five of the tables actually gave her the money, and of all the 10 tables, these are the five tables that actually say grace before they eat. And I say, wow, of all the ten tables, only the Christians would cross a boundary and would give and would bless. I thought that would be great. I, I never got that far. I did not notice. But that would be great. Or they would say that these are all fools for Christ, right? giving your money away like that. But whatever. That unity behind that purpose is, is so important. You know, when we first started in 2002, I was saying to myself, now I can say it out loud, I was saying to myself, that if If just half of our CGs get on board this capping thing, I think I would be quite satisfied. Just half. But as it turned out, every single one of the CG got on board and we've gotten on board since then till now. Uh, We don't really have BS CGs right now, I hope, I think. Uh, So don't even start, don't even think of starting a BS CG, okay? All CGs cap. uniformity. So I trust that this is a settled issue in PPH. Not, not just that uniformity of all capping, but that uni, united purpose of crossing a boundary, of blessing, of sowing. And thirdly, I want to talk about fear. I remember how fearful we were when we first started out. Uh, capping is like, wow, you know. It really drove us to our knees. It's like, what, well, i got to speak Hokkien You know, I knock on this door, and what if they throw a, 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 what, so Throw a, what's a so A broom at us, or or whatever, and sweep us out. We're just so fearful. And we prayed, I think, a lot more in those days than we we do. Now, nowadays, maybe I see people pick up the stuff that is so well organized, and then we just take our trolleys and we go out capping. I hope that. Many of us will spare our prayer before we do that because it's a spiritual exercise. The children of Israel were fearful too before they got into the promised land. They had to cross that boundary. They had to cross the Jordan. And you remember the spies that Moses sent to spy out the land? Numbers 13. But when a man had gone up with him, uh, said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And it spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. We are like grasshoppers in their own eyes, in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. It's like, this is too big a challenge for us. Joshua also reminded them of this fear. In Joshua chapter 14, from verse 7, he said, I was 40 years old when Moses... The servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. The people's hearts melt with fear. As we look at this challenge before us, this great difficulty of crossing barriers, this this maybe insufficient unity behind us in our cell group, or in our church, whatever the reasons, That's that that great fear when we approach the land. But this fear, this fear can be turned around. This fear can be turned around, and when that fear turns around, something wonderful happens. In Joshua chapter two, verse nine, this is uh, Rahab. You know the story of Rahab, who gave refuge to the spies. Rahab said to them, "I know that the Lord, that the Lord has given this land to you." and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Melting in fear because of God who was with the children of Israel. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 24 says, They said to Joshua, The Lord has surely given the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. Can we say that the residents of Teban Gardens that the colleagues in our offices, that our fellow students in our schools, uh, the, the staff of Ramada Plaza Hotel in Malacca next month are melting in fear because of us. Another word for fear is awe. Awesome. Awesome. When people look at you in PPH, us in PPH, CSC, and what we do, they will fear us. They will say, awesome. They will say, wow, you do funerals for free. Huh? Awesome, man. Which was what I experienced when we conducted the funeral. They say, how much? I huh? say, nothing. Free. No, this is a Christian funeral. And they say, awesome. When they look at our ladies staying overnight with a laboring mother, they will say, awesome. When they see some of these ladies continuing to visit this young widow every week, they will say, awesome. When a poor family (coughs) had the washing machine broken and needed one urgently and they got it within a week from a member of the church and says, awesome. When uh, a, a family with young children doesn't have window grills and it was dangerous and their kitchen was basically a standpipe flowing into a pail and Within, I think, 10 or 14 days, we had kitchen cabinets and and proper grills uh, all over. They will say, awesome. When we do community services with the love of God, with an excellence, people will melt with fear and they will say, awesome. Because we are not doing it to earn that little medal that that, that we will be given on National Day uh, service because we are doing it simply for the love of God simply with tender loving care. When you love that unlovable person in the office and you actually cross that boundary and walk into his cubicle and say a kind word, people will say, awesome. They will melt in fear. They will melt in awe because of you. And I think that is the key. People will fear our passion, our compassion, our selflessness, our unity. Let me just end with a dream it's not one of these dreams that I dream at night. It's this dream that has been with me for a while. You've heard of uh, B2J, Back to Jerusalem movement. Okay, it's, it's one of these mission movements where, where people are committed to bring the gospel, especially from China, uh, eastwards, uh, sorry, westwards, all the way back to Jerusalem where it started, and through some of the toughest grounds of all the tans. Okay, the Kazakhstan and the Kyrgyzstan and the Turkmenistan or all the Tan countries or the Muslim countries, they bring the gospel back to Jerusalem. My dream, my dream is back to PPH. Back to PPH. If we can bring that, that model that we have developed, that tender loving care, that crossing the boundary, the unity in purpose, the fear turnaround of we fearing them to them melting in fear because of us back to PPH. And so from Teban Gardens, we're going to hit Pandan Gardens, we're going to hit West Coast, and then we'll come back to PPH. How about that? And I pray that maybe we might even overshoot, then we cross over to the Loplanga. That'll be our territory, our territory, our promised land. How's that? It's a dream. It's a dream. Maybe a, a chain of CSCs uh, from from uh, west to east. Maybe a chain of CSCs. Or maybe a, a, a couple of more, uh, a bigger family services centre, which is like 99% funded by the government. Something like that. But please don't prejudge my dreams. <laughs> uh, I still remember in the year 2000, I told you this CG leader, uh, we're just selling this vision of capping, and, and this CG leader says, not nah, no, nah, nah. This, this kind of thing not for PPH, huh? we're not ready for that. Uh, right now, are we ready for this? We are not. We're not, but who knows? Huh? Who knows? So for Joshua as for PPH, I think the principles are the same. The fields are white unto harvest, but we need to cross that boundary to get into the harvest field. I'm not just talking about Teban gardens, okay? I would like all of us to be like committed in, in capping and all that. Huh? But even if you're not, we can compromise like the two and a half tribes of Joshua, uh, uh, two and a half tribes of, of Israel. But just make sure you don't be the first to be exiled, okay? Uh, you still can compromise, but the, the same vision purpose of crossing boundaries, of unity in purpose, and of fear turn around uh, still applies to, to us. Okay, so that's my sharing for, for this morning. I'd like us now to close in a song. Uh, and... I want to highlight the bridge of the song, which goes, um, we will answer the call to build a church without walls. You know, I still remember that that classic day with Tanching Bok. I said, Wow, I really felt so small. A good thing I had a small story to tell. Now, you church people, uh, you church people not involved with in community, you're just locked in your own thing and do your do your Sunday thing. And I'm glad that we are not a church like that. We want to build a church without walls. Huh? Even in your own office, there are walls, but there are no walls, right? So you cross the boundary and you minister to people. And as I think of this, I think of last Christmas when we had our Christmas service on the basketball court. No walls, no walls. That's the church, right? People can hear us, they can see us, and they will be in awe because of us. Why don't we rise as we sing this song together? will read the Bible like they say you are the Bible that some people will ever read And so I want to challenge you to cross a few boundaries if there are boundaries in your lives in school where you work even in your family sometimes I don't know maybe even with the parents we find it so difficult to tell them anything about our own spiritual life and especially if they are unbelieving parents find a way we want to find a way to just share this most important part of our lives with them and, and, and influence them and show them and sow sow the seeds of love and kindness in the home in the office in the school Pray that the Lord will enable us to do that. If we can so easily pick up something and go to Teban Gardens and, and knock on doors, then let that same principle be applied in our homes, in our offices. And so if you need help to do that, I'd like to pray with you. Come to the altar. Come and bring this The altar is for sacrifice The altar is not Like the two and a half tribes For fear Of being disowned And so if you are willing To be that sacrifice If you are willing to be burnt up For God to use Come to the altar Ask God for help To cross boundaries To be united in this purpose Of entering the harvest field Of sowing So that you may reap Then come. Come before the Lord and we will pray. And see if the Lord might do work in your lives. Sometimes we won't be able to see it immediately. And like in PPH, you look back over 21 years and you trace the hand of God. It'll be like that. Would you come? give us a heart of compassion give us eyes to see through your eyes a heart to feel through your heart that the most precious gift is your son the most precious gift salvation in Jesus and there is something that we can play a part in extending so help us unite us now as a body of Christ in PPH Help us to be faithful cell group leaders. We work at it together to study your word, to encourage one another to worship you and also to step out into capping. Help every one of us to be a faithful CSC volunteer. Every one of us a faithful community pastor. Wherever the community you have placed us in, that we will pastor there. We will be shepherds. We will lead people through love and compassion to the great shepherd help us to do that we pray in jesus name amen